everyone, welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels. This is the Christmas edition. I know you guys are so excited. And it's going to be a fun episode, trust me, because Sven and I read, which is also Creature SH, we read Driving Home for Christmas by Lexi Thames. And it's a doozy of a hate read. Usually I don't put these on the podcast, but there was just, it's a, look, it had to be put on, okay? So I know that I said I was going to do Coyote's Comfort, but I'm actually going to flip it. And I'm going to do Coyote's Comfort for next week because there was, things got in the way, like, you know, moving in the middle of Christmas and working retail in those times. So things kind of got a little bit backwards and upside down. I hope you guys like the episode. I also have a promo for Loaded Literature that I'm about to load up in just a second. No pun intended. And then after that, we're going to talk about the book. It's like a 55 minute conversation. So I don't know how long it's going to be because I don't see the end game. You guys, Sven does all the editing for me right now because don't have time. Also, I'm going to have my featured podcast, which will be all about advanced TV, her story at the end of the episode, along with a few other housekeeping things. So we talk about it in the episode between me and Sven and I, but I also want to talk about how I've got some cats that I have to rehome. And normally I wouldn't put this on here, but I kind of need to get them a home because I have a couple more weeks to live in this house and then I have to leave. And I don't want to take them to the local kill shelter because the local kill shelter has a pretty high rate. And I'm trying to you know, save really good cats and let them be good cats with happy because they're like big snuggle bunnies. You guys see them all the time when I post them online. The only one I can take is Lobo. He's the only one I can afford right now. So if you guys know someone in Metro Atlanta that needs a cat or that wants one, they don't necessarily have their rabies, but they do have, they're all fixed. And that's the biggest expense to me is always the fixing and they're already done except for one. And she would be a good barn cat and we can work on that. But if you guys would please hit me up at Damsel's Podcast, you know, the usual place or at Jessica. H-A-N-N-A-N-81, which is my other Twitter account. It's my actual handle, not the one that I use on here. Just let me know. I'm all about it. I have a bunch of ginger cats and they're all super adorable and they're all special. And I have a ton of pictures. If you guys want to see them, I'll probably be flooding my Twitter account with it. So even if you don't want to adopt them, you're going to see lots of pictures of them in the next couple weeks. Okay. Housekeeping done. Enjoy the episode. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday, whether it's Christmas, if it was Hanukkah, if it's Kwanzaa, if it's, I don't know the rest of them because I'm like agnostic <laughs> as hell. I know Christmas cause I have nieces and nephews basically. And there's other things too, but this is the first Christmas that, okay. So let's back up a little bit. So every two Christmases, usually Sven will come by and as you can hear, Lobo is itchy. But every two years, Sven will come see me because we can only afford to see each other every two years because international flights are expensive as fuck. And this year we can't do it. So this is another reason why we have the Christmas episode because I want us to kind of be able to bond a little bit. But I also want you guys to be involved because I have fun talking to him. You guys seem to like it when I have guests. And the place that I'm moving to will actually allow me to have Wi-Fi again. So because I'll have Wi-Fi, that means I'll be able to have interviews with more people. So I'm hoping to have more guests next year coming up, maybe in January or February. If you guys would like to give me any kind of feedback, that would be amazing. I would treasure it more than a dragon treasures their hoard. 
which by the way that's gonna be another book next year but anyway that's like a february thing it is now december we're not gonna go there yet so if anyone has any questions just hit me up at the same podcast location all day every day if you want to leave me a review that would be great but it's not mandatory i just honestly i just go yay all right thank you guys so much i hope you guys enjoyed the episode catch you on the other side Do you like themed food? Do you like a mixture of high and lowbrow? Well then, welcome to Loaded Literature. We're your hosts. I'm Victoria. I'm Hale. And I'm Anya. This podcast began as a book club that expanded beyond our reading room. We cover one book in a month and break it down by analysis, background context, and adaptions. All of which will be paired with alcohol and food. So please come join our book club. Episodes air Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media at LoadedLiteraturePodcast.com, LoadedLitPod on Twitter, or LoadedLiterature on Instagram. We all have our own individual social media, so please follow us there as well, and come join the conversation. Hi, welcome back. Hello, hello. You sound so excited. Don't be so excited. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I was supposed to speak right away. Well, that's why I said hello. That's generally what you do. I thought you said hello to the audience. No, this is us, doofus. I haven't started that one yet. That is true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, it's a Christmas time episode, and it is actually going to air on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of special, because I try and do the holidays when I can. It's a rarity in the world of podcasts to be on time like that. Yeah, well, I'm not on time with one episode, so we're just going to flip and flop it there. Okay, so we decided that we should probably do a Christmas episode together because, I mean, this is a romance podcast. You are my romance. (laughs) As you are mine. (laughs) So it's a good idea to put them together. Mm -hmm. And so while we were doing this, I thought we should get a freebie from Amazon because at the time I didn't have any money for you to buy anything, mm. even though I now gave you a card. We'd Thank already you. started to read this book. Lord knows we'd already started to read this book and there was just no point not finishing it. Mm. Even if it was physically painful at times. Yep. So the book this time is Driving Home for Christmas by Lexi Timms. It was published last year. Another and horrible thing of... about it. So... <laughs> Trust me. Okay, so so it's a, a billionaire's holiday romance, or it's part of the series. And I thought, well, it's only short. It won't take a lot of time. It's free. Can't be that bad. I'm so sorry I lied. Yeah. It turns out, dear listeners, it could be that bad. And then a little bit more sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's painful, I know. Okay, so first we'll talk about the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. I forgot to go get the little summary, so I'm going to go do that now. In the meantime, you can talk about how much you love this book, because I know you were in love with it. It's, it is it is memorable. Okay, it's... so here's the, here's the thing you can Here's the summary. 
Okay. Colin Murphy is the CEO of Murphy Inc. and is a workaholic. Christmas is any other holiday in faith. Doesn't mean much to him. When his business travel trip plans get interrupted by a freak snowstorm, he's forced to find a way home by other means. Abigail Thompson can't wait for her this time of year to be over. After losing her job, her boyfriend, and apartment, she's ready to go home for a much-needed break and to regroup. But when her plane is grounded because of a snowstorm, she has to find another way. She makes her way to the car rentals, only to find the car last car has just been given to the tall, dark, sexy man. Definitely not Santa. His name is Colin, Mur Colin Murphy. When Colin finds out they're headed in the same direction, he offers her a lift. It's nearly Christmas, after all. What should have been an easy eight-hour drive turns into two days of mishaps and mayhem. She knows every Christmas song off by heart, even though she can't carry a tune. She's happy. He's a real Christmas Grinch. Will this unplanned fiasco be the start of something magical? The answer is no, dear listeners. <laughs> I was going to say, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, listeners, we loved this one. Adored it. Woo! All right. It is our favorite thing ever. It is. Sure, sure is a thing. So... This is a new one for you, too, because you don't listen to him. But Healing Bosoms just did a, a hate-read book on Match Me If You Can by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And it was basically like what we're doing now uh -huh. for a different book. Much longer book. It took two episodes, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what we know. We know Abby is stranded without hope at the airport because she has to get a she has to get home. She has to get to Christmas because Christmas makes her world magical. <laughs> it's the beginnings of a Hallmark if the Hallmark had gone through Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she's, what, in her 20s, I think is what they said? I don't remember. I wasn't going to go back and look for it either. Can we call this genre ball mark? Only if there's some blue ones in there. Mm. Oh, this, this is definitely a blue balls book. <laughs> if, if you were looking for quality or arousal or... Not hating yourself. That's definitely blue balls. <laughs> well, at least they go really well on a Christmas tree. <laughs> okay, so what did you like about Abby? Mm, uh, hmm. She was not an ex-murderer. <laughs> oh, such high standards there, dear. Yeah, she, um, hmm, she didn't rob anyone at gunpoint. I can tell how much you really appreciated her. What do you like, her brother? You can always find a positive in people. Yeah, I found one thing. I found mm -hmm. that she enjoyed Christmas, that was it. <laughs> I'm not sure that counts in a Christmas novel. No, no, it does compared to Colin. It counts, trust me. Yeah, but, hmm. Look, it was one thing she did right. I'm going to give her that one thing. But couldn't you say that he very much enjoys not enjoying Christmas? No, that would require self-reflection and he has none. Yeah, true. Okay, what didn't you like about her? Oh, uh, she's intrusive, she's nosy, she has no sense of perspective. She um, is incredibly presumptuous and... Mm, what can I say that hasn't been summed up by that already? Presumption is Oh yeah, she's she's obnoxious in a way that lets me know that she thinks that she's a good person, but she's not so much. Yeah, I think I put I I put that under immature. Yeah, that's a good good way to put it. Yeah, she's like 
She's 20-something years old. She acts like she's like 15 or mm-hmm. 14, maybe. At most. Possibly 13. Not that he's any better. No. Oh, God, no. We'll get to him in a minute. He's got his time coming. <laughs> Trust me. He's got like, a page of notes. Which, dear listener, me having a page of notes, they're bullet-pointed. So you can see mm-hmm. how much I dislike this guy. She, she made sure to let you know because her memory is freakishly good. So if she makes those notes, she means it. Well, also, I did it because, you know, I went through and made my notes up anyway. Still. And I, oh, So something else I really didn't like about her was she was wishy-washy. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. She like, was basically... She, she had no purpose and drive. Hmm. Basically, both of them just did whatever the plot called for at that moment without any sense of eternal motivation. Oh, God, yes. And then, okay, here's the last thing that I... that I mean, there was a lot I could have said, but I honestly just wrote down three because as much as this is about, like, deconstructing the damsels in the book, literally, Abby was a placeholder. There was nothing oh, about yeah. her, really. Like, it was all about his internal monologues and all. Like, she had her own... like. Because every other chapter is in the voice of the, of the character. So it's like, Colin, Abby, Colin. So it starts off with Colin. So it doesn't even start off with her. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Colin, Abby, and it just, it, it kept going back and forth like that. And I was just like... And I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. She very much is a damsel. The, this book is entirely all about her distress. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and some of her distress, by the way, makes a lot of sense. Hmm. We're, I'm not saying that it doesn't. Like some of it is amazingly like on point and should be pointed out, but it doesn't match with the rest of her. There's so yeah. there's such a lack of consistency. But the last thing I want to say is she's a doormat because she's so oh, yeah. quick to fire out an insult. And anyone that knows me knows I love an insult. I love a good insult. I love a good observation. But like ultimately, she's falling for a jerk because why not? Like there's nothing in there that would suggest they could go together. They should go together, mm-hmm. and yet they're there. And then there's a there's a quote from you know kind of near the end of the book. It's like I bared my body for this man I couldn't get enough of, and then I opened my idiotic mouth and pushed him away with a stupid joke. It was always my personality that got me into trouble. Always, she's always so self-defacing. Yeah, and it's also like this is very much the kind of plot where it's like she must save the bad boy and find his heart of gold. Right, like and it's not even like in a, like okay. Look, I'm the Hallmark queen. I I watch Hallmark movies. If I'm anywhere near someone with cable, I'm going to watch the Hallmark movies. This time of year, there is no question. I'm going to at least watch one of them. The exception being the 90 Day Fiance obsession that I have right now. But anyway, which kind of takes priority over Hallmark right about now because it's getting pretty good. But anyway, so I like those kind of things. But like this feels like anyone that's seen a Lacey Chabert Halloween, um, a Halloween Hallmark movie, like it feels like that. Like it feels so much like one of those. Oh, he, she's got to show him how to be a good person. She's got to teach him. She's got to give him that drive. Oh, gag me with a spoon and yeah. let me puke it out. Also, always the presumption of a good core in a person who seems bad, which in the real world, not so often the case. Exactly, and like, and this one wasn't even a well-executed one. Like. This book needed an editor so badly that I couldn't oh, yes. even see straight. Like, I just went, what? Like, even, okay, listeners, the summary I just gave you, I actually get, did a little bit of editing in it, so it would make sense, reading it aloud. Mm. And then, like, she has no friends. Did you notice that? Like, there's no one she can turn to except yep. for her parents. And same for him, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, no, he didn't have that because remember his mom and dad. Hmm. But um, but I mean, b both are loners with no other people in their lives to get in the way of the plot. Yeah, and then there was also the, the thing with um, with her. Like, okay, so she had a best friend. She had a boyfriend. She and the boyfriend were looking for a house, so they had gotten into like so like he, she had stupidly put him on her account because she'd been saving money for years to buy a house. Where she thought she was going to buy a house in L.A., I don't know. I don't think she had like. 400 grand in her back pocket to put a down payment on the house. <laughs> but anyway, because the LA podcasters know, houses ain't cheap. Especially when you're from the Midwest and think you should get a big house. But anyway, so apparently, I think I think her friend like was screwing her boyfriend or something. Because like that ended the yep. friendship and ended up the like the relationship. And it just happened like a couple months ago. And then she got fired from her job for not doing due diligence as a reporter. And so like she has no money. So she's in this bad way of being, and she's in this bad state. So she's kind of in a tizzy when she ends up meeting Colin. And honestly, like, oh, God, she just needed to be consistent. Just one freaking page of consistency would have been amazing. Right. But she just flip-flopped. I was like, oh, mm. stop. Mm -mm. Take a side. Just one side for ten minutes. And uh, the characters are put on so thick in the plot, like... I guess we can get into the notes on, on, on the plot as it unravels at this point. Yeah, might as well. It just be so much easier. Like, one of uh, the things that the um, book has Colin say in, in the introductory chapter is, and I quote, she looked like she was two ticks away from crying, and it was all I could do not to speak up and say something to her. Did she not realize the bother she was being? And I was... Oh. Oh, good, you're going into that. Yes, I have all those comments about her. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where my pages of notes come from. Go ahead. And a little bit later in that chapter, when he first meets Abigail, I'm going to read this quote in a, vo a voice that I think fits it. All that idiotic Christmas cheer was filling her cheeks. Yeah, he man. Okay. Like that, that, that is like literally something that Skeletor would have said in that Christmas special in the 80s. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like. And when the way he talks about her, like, okay, so they meet at the, so obviously they're, the plane is grounded. They both got to get to Minnesota. He's got to go to some ball he's doing for something. So mm -hmm. he's a tech bro. Like, in my notes, I would, he would be friends with Jack and Mark so fast <laughs> because they're that same smug, you oh, know, yeah. egotistical, you know, like fucking white man privilege walking down the lane and like. Mm. You could just see him being friends with Zuckerberg so fast it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. By the way, about his destination, I think, uh, yeah. if I noted that correctly, there may even have been a little bit of a reference to how on the nose this is, although I'm not sure if the writer was self-aware enough, but I, I noticed that he was headed to Burnsville. as in Mr. Burns. Yeah, that's where Yeah, that's where she's from. Oh, yeah. but that's if, that's if, where she's from. But I mean, like, he's driving to Burnsville. Oh, my, oh, my God, yeah, he... She is headed to Burnsville, as and she gets with Mr. Burns. Uh huh. And Burns Ouch. is off in the process. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about how he talks about Abby, and then I will mm. we will talk about how much he sucks. Mm. I have so many notes on that. So this is just a sampling of what he writes or talks about other guys, mm. because like all he does is complain about her, except when he's fucking her. That's it. Like all he does is talk bad about her until he's fucking her until like. The last, like, five pages when the author realized she had to redeem him somehow. Mm. Okay, so this is him seeing her for the first time at the counter. 
I looked over at the frazzled woman with the head of brown hair and shook my head. Maybe if she had stopped spending all her money on those expensive hair treatments and that beautiful coat she had on, she'd be able to afford her own emergencies. It was people like that who made my skin fall. People who recklessly spent their money and wasted their time and then complained about not having things when they needed them the most. Bitch, you're a billionaire. What the hell? You're a billionaire that is like that rented a luxury car to go eight mm -hmm. hours in. Also, like the conceit that kicks off this plot, I, I have to mention that for a second. Basically, at the airport, he gets pressured by people who are not involved with any of them to give her a ride, which strikes me as incredibly not only intrusive, but also reckless, because they're basically making a woman get into a car with a strange man when there's a storm coming. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is like, I had the same note. I was like, the only reason he did it was for PR. It's like, I guess apparently he learned something that Twitter Jack didn't learn, but no one else did. <laughs> yeah, also like... Because like, I just have techno dick and techno bro all over my notes on this stupid bit. Also, this would be terrible PR, just driving along with, with, with a woman he doesn't even know. That, that sounds more like a kidnapping plot. Oh, um, when you were talking about the say something to her, that's actually my next notes about even more judgment. The absolute least she could do is own up to her monetary mistakes that got her here and take her hysteric somewhere else where no one would be, uh, no one would be bothered. If she wasn't going to willingly maintain decorum, she didn't have to subject the rest of us to her antics. He's from like a middle class family. He's not from the fucking Kennedys. What the hell? Hmm. Also, like, uh, what was the name of the writer again? Lexi Tins. Mm -hmm. Lexi. Lex. Can, can I call, call you Lex? I'm going to call you Lex anyway. You are not Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens could get away with this. You, in the year of all, 2018, cannot. And to add to that, by the way, folks, I fucking hate Dickens. Which is not unjustified. Sin will tell you, I hate Dickens. <laughs> like, he's been with me since I got my English degree. I fucking hate Dickens. Just to yeah, she, give give her a Dickens novel, and she does not have great expectations for it. I'm as likely to read Dickens as I am to read Jude the Obscure again. Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think she was actually going for the Dickens Scrooge vibe with with the way uh, she was writing him, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Especially not for a contemporary romance set in 2017. Especially since he's supposed to be redeemed by the end. Oh, spoilers! Nobody saw that coming. Uh, Hallmark. Sorry, yeah. And this this is not the kind of person that would ever be redeemed. It's just just a douchebag at the start and at the end is suddenly not, but he definitely still is. Yes. And so listeners, you can't see, but I'm literally just sitting here rubbing my forehead because this guy gives mm -hmm. me a migraine that badly. Mm -hmm. I kind of put off on doing this episode as long as I could until I thought I could handle the blood pressure issues mm -hmm. I was gonna have. This actually t uh, uh, ties into one of my notes, too. Because it, it uh, the awkward writing has him think, I felt my jaw growing taut with anger. And I noted, I feel my hat growing tight with ache. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, wait until we get to the scene with the fuckeries for the sex. I have like three notes on that. There, there oh, were many, geez. I just chose to pick the three. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? So a couple chapters later, like, because this, this is in the first chapter where it's all in his point of view. And then it becomes Abby's point of view, and then it's back to his point of view. And he goes, I was trying my hardest to concentrate on the road, but her voice was grating on my ears. It was high-pitched and squealing, and her, language, her laughter was boisterous. She snorted when she got going, and it only added to the annoyance she caused me. 
By the time she hung up the phone, I was ready to pull the car over and pay a cab to take her the rest of the way. Then why the fuck didn't you? Right? She, You're he, a billionaire! This would have been so easy. <laughs> the, the way that his wealth, wealth is described, he could have bought Uber to get her home. Right! Oh, by the way, he got his business, like, he built it in his garage because, you know, like, that's what everybody has to do, apparently. And it's something where, like, I never quite grasped what he did, but it was, like, something about, like, he built, like, a, a, almost like a angel investor type thing about people that wanted to, like, do business from, like, America to yeah, I think it China, was China, as if, as if we haven't been doing that for 50 hmm. years or 60 years. Also, like... It, it reads as like a confused mess of a, a online university college thing with tutoring, but also a social network. Yeah, it makes it very is. little sense. And, and so in many ways, actually, it reminds me of LinkedIn, but if LinkedIn were more about finding investors rather than find a job. And again, like it is explicitly mentioned that they have um, blogs, but it's described as video. Which what the fuck? That's not what a blog. What what a blog? No wait, it's described as podcasts, but yeah. also video. And I'm pretty sure this is this doesn't have video. Can you see me? I don't think you can see me. <laughs> oh my god! It's just like oh, it was such a mess. And like I I don't know. And so to to make you think this guy is a good guy, sure the author tells you that like. You know, every year he ha he sends people in his his uh, company to go do things like dig wells for people in areas without water or, you know, accessing that kind of stuff and, you know, helping build communities in areas that need it. And I'm thinking, like, pretty sure if you're like Jeff Bezos, you've destroyed an entire area, so you could probably go back mm -hmm. to the, your little area there, too. And that name just didn't come out of nowhere. The book actually makes a point of comparing him to Jeff Bezos to make us like him more. Yeah. Yeah. Which, anybody that knows me, I mean, I'm using a book from Amazon, so I'm not anti-Amazon. I'm anti-Amazon practices, but I'm also practical, so I realize I need this so I can you mm. know, read more authors and get access, because right now I, I have what I've got. Because they flattened all the competition. That's the point. Well, exactly, and also because like it's just this is how I find a lot of authors I normally wouldn't get because I get their freebies, mm -hmm. and those freebies actually matter to me because like I read a book earlier like yesterday called um, "Bite Me" by Shelley Lawrenston, and I would have never gotten it if it wasn't on sale or a freebie. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with like Alyssa Cole and um, Sarah McLean. So these are these are important things for me to find what mm -hmm. I'm looking for. But that but still doesn't make Jeff Bezos okay. <laughs> Exactly. He's not a good guy. He's just not. Oh yeah, and again, the book compares him to that to say, oh, what, what, a, what an amazing man. And then later on in the book, not, I don't know, which I didn't write down the page, but in the, the notes, literally I have a note that says, I hope she shanks him. <laughs> the world would have been better off. And then, because and, he goes, and then there was Abby hanging her head out the window, trying to catch snowflakes on her tongue. The woman was relentless. She was a full-grown adult hanging her body out the window. It was like she was a full-grown master that didn't understand that she wasn't a lap dog. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand her, and I had no passion to. But he has the passion to fuck her whenever he can get the chance when they're in that dingy little motel. Because it's magical. Oh, God, Jeffrey. And then, like, the last note that I'll talk about. Because, like, seriously, the whole book is nothing but him talking down and degrading her. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how he gets his... Like, that's how he gets off. And so... 
there's a there's a point there where he, he goes she knew this was a temperamental button and yet she kept batting at it like an incessant little toddler what in the world was wrong with this woman did she have a damn screw loose okay a infantil infantilizing like hell there mm -hmm. but also my note is it's his name colt and does he go on 90 day fiance or what the fuck because mm -hmm. it's like these, these are like the americans you see that that get like brides from another country and they're just like so degrading to them because they think they're lesser and that's exactly mm -hmm. what this guy dude is about, about this infantilizing i think the worst quote that i found was and i'm going to quote here part of the sentence and she acted like an old red child, but my pelvis yearned for her. He's like, ah, ah. Oh, yeah, I had notes on that one too. I didn't write it in here, but I had notes on that. Ah. No, I did have it. No, I did. That's in the romance section. I have mm -hmm. that quote. I have the entire quote. That's what it reminded me. It's That's like, creepy as fuck. I know. So it's like, I was enamored by the way she smelled. Never in my life had I been so drawn to the fill of a woman beneath my fingertips before. But Abby was something else. She grated on my nerves, and she acted like an outright child, but my pelvis yearned for her. My fingertips <laughs> ached to press into the soft meat of her thighs. Her skin was cold to the touch, because, you know, spoiler alert, the heater doesn't work in the in the hotel, or the motel right now, rather. And so they like, need the body Yeah. So I feared she was going to get sick if she didn't find a way to warm up. The temperature outside was dropping so quickly as the snow fell from the sky, but the only thing on my mind was the way she tasted on my tongue. So let's unpack a little bit here, shall we? <laughs> One infantilite, like, he thinks she's a child. I'm not trying to say that word again because my tongue and my mouth are not doing it today. Two, he's worried about her body temperature because she's actually cold. Like, she's cold to the touch because she doesn't have on, like, because if I recall right, she'd already, they'd already fucked once before, and so she was cold to the touch. Mm -hmm. And she was warmed up in the bed. And two, the soft meat of her thighs. Yeah. It's like, that... I mean, the English language has a word for meat that is still alive. He could have used it, but it's like, oh, I want this meat. I know. It's just like, and like, all he does is use her. Like, I mean, to be fair, I will say in the sex, because I didn't make a lot of notes on the sex because it was not memorable for me for the most part. But it was memory bad. <laughs> yes, there is that. Like, when he goes down on her, and, and anyway, um, we'll get to that in a minute. But like, he does actually, like, help. He doesn't just want to get off. Like, he does reciprocate, which is awesome. But how am I supposed to find this man sexy when he said all that about her? Right. And also, like, it feels like, um, I'm sure the author wasn't going for that, but it feels like he um, treats her as a charity case because then his fuckery is like an act of goodwill. Yes. Oh, oh, and to go with that. So, to, to go with this, I think it's on the same team, too. It's like... So we're supposed to cheer for this guy, and he's like, For the first time I could remember, I swallowed a woman's taste down instead of merely tolerating it. And the way her body shook with pleasure tugged a grin across my cheek. Okay, well, A, your grin doesn't go in your cheek, it goes in her mouth. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Mouth, cheek. Mouth, cheek. Okay. I'm not sure how that works, but apparently this works in this world. Because editors are friends, people. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But, like... How am I supposed to cheer for a guy who, like, basically just said he tolerated getting women off before because it was just what was expected? Like, mm. this does not scream sexy kind. Of it also doesn't scream, scream like a guy that gives a shit about the women around him. Yeah. And this also ties into a, a note that I kept making. This book has the wildest of mood swings because we need to get to the tender scenes and the sex scenes 
But we can let the plot already be over, so they go right back to hating each other, and they go right back to fucking, and right back to hating each other, and then they open up, but then they hate each other again. Yes, oh god, like that scene at the garage when, afterwards when they're getting in the car, and she's like completely like, defeated, and feels like shit after having sex with him, because it was really good sex, but it was like, because she just wanted no, no involvement sex, but I mean, Anybody with a brain that was reading this could see that she was not going to go that route because she was, like, so monogamous and, like, there was very clear signs that, that, that no strings attached was not going to work for her. Hmm. And by, like by, she was realizing she was falling in love with him or something. I don't know. Yeah. And again, he, he keeps talking down to her, and even in his own head, he, he keeps degrading her. One of the notes I have here is, like, and I expected her to start singing to fill up my car with the noise of a dying cow while she tried to get the notes right. And I'm... And that is after he started caring for her. Yeah. So I, my notes on this are this like, first off, awful sentence structure. Second, dick! Yes. I, like, seriously, like, techno dick is a word that I use the most on there. Mm -hmm. Listeners, this is why I said I wouldn't mind if she shanked him. That would have been a much better ending. And she could have met somebody. She could have met a nice, like, anybody else to, to have a relationship with. And we would have been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's literally nothing to, to really say anything happy about him. Mm -hmm. And, like, his only relative was, like, a dead mother who he adored because apparently he's been rich for a while. I don't know how because he couldn't have been more than, like, 37. So I don't mm -hmm. know how he's been, like, rich for, like, you know, like, 15 years when podcasts were just starting out. But anyway. This so, book takes place in hyper time. Uh, apparently. But so, like, he used to spoil his mom, and so she died, and so he just kind of got in that grinchy Christmas spirit, which is why he hates Christmas music and hates when Abby sings. And Abby just sings because it's Christmas, the music is on, she's in, like, a fucking luxury car, like a Ferrari, but, like, more like a Maybach or something, I don't know. But, like, she's in this huge, like, this expensive-ass car that apparently is found in the Topeka, I think it was Topeka's, you know, like... Car rental places? I don't, I don't know. Mm. Anyway. But, like, I just, oh my god, I just kept giving this guy. So, this is a low number for me to give him. I, I couldn't quite figure out how many numbers I wanted to give him, how many, how many, you know, digits I should add. So, I just gave him, I gave him about a 265% suckage. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. I mean, like, I was going to say 455 million, but I decided that may be too big of a number. Hmm. Also, one thing that stuck out to me in, in the plot is um, at one point he just assumes that, that, that she's hurt for a specific reason, that being uh, her boyfriend breaking up with her, or the other way around, it doesn't matter. And that is mighty presumptuous. Of course, the plot makes it so that he's right, but he had no reason to believe that at that point. Exactly. Guys, these people have only known each other for two days by the end of this book. Hmm. So, in, in, in other words, everything in her life is about a man. And everything in his life is about a man, namely him. <laughs> only him. He's the only one that matters. Hmm. And, like, the, the reason I gave him such a high number is because the sheer arrogance and appalling lack of humanity. Like, he's a fucking robot. Like, there's nothing about him that is, like, good or kind or nothing. Hmm. This is, like, the biggest... Look, y'all, I hate read a book the other day. That book that I hate read was better than this book. Yeah. Also, like, the thing is, she, as a character, is not much better than he is. 
Right, she's just as empty and, and like, vacuous and, and useless as he is. And I don't understand it. It, it makes no sense to my brain. Also, she has no sense of, like, understanding that not all people are the same. Yeah. Uh, like, this, there's this one quote that, uh, like, it was like he didn't care. He acted like the idea of the holidays meant nothing to him. There was no joy in his eyes and no excitement to go see family. I'm like, okay, some people don't. That's not a crime. And uh, on the side, this uh, book assumes that it's a 100% Christian world. The idea that there are some people that don't celebrate Christmas because it's not their denomination doesn't even come up at all. It's just treated as impossible. Yep. There is no other way it could be. And while we're on that topic of, of the homogenized world, what stuck out earlier, uh, when she regards him, she, he's, she's like, he looked like he could be royalty. He was handsome enough to be. And then a little bit later on, maybe he wasn't adopted royalty after all. Maybe he was the child of a serial killer that was taken from his parents by CPS. And I'm like, nice eugenics, Eva Brown. Right? The whole thing, and like, oh my god, it's, just, it's so disgusting. And she keeps going off on him because he is not cheery, and at the same time, like, the only reason she has a car ride is because he's taking her, which she was pressured into doing. So maybe he, she should lay off on the, trying to force him into her way of life while he's doing her a favor? That would be nice. And alternatively, it'd be nice if he would just shut the fuck up about her sometime. Oh yeah, it would be nice if they just both could shut up. Right, like just ride in silence for an hour, guys. It won't hurt you, I promise. When they get stuck about halfway in that little no-name town, I think it was in Missouri or something. Mm. Um, somewhere cold. Get, yeah, somewhere cold. Um, but so when they get stuck there, like... All they do is basically fuck mm -hmm. or talk bad about each other. Mm. And of course Tell there's... Each other mm. And internally. And of course there's only one bad left. I'm like, well then son, you get your shit and sleep on the floor. Lady, you go sleep on the floor. I don't care. Someone can sleep on the floor. Also, the, the, the first kiss comes out of the fuck shit nowhere. It's just like, okay, we switch the dial now. Kiss time. Yeah. Yeah, like she's trying to run from whatever he's telling her, so she just like leans over and just starts kissing him. Two seconds before she was saying she couldn't stand the guy. Mm -hmm. This is not like a relationship where they start, they go from like enemies to lovers or mm -hmm. like and anything like that. It's literally like a switch was turned on. Mm -hmm. It's it's not handled in, with any kind of grace like a good uh, screwball comedy or something. It's just like, click. Yeah, these guys are no Lauren mm -hmm. McCall. And I'm very, at that point, I'm very worried about the, the author's grasp on human anatomy. Because at, at one point she said, The sharpness of his cheekbones was still imprinted into the palms of my hands. And I'm like, is, is he some kind of Star Trek alien? That shouldn't happen. Oh, well, no, that's great. Because, like, we can, talk, we can start talking about the what the fuckery of sex. Yeah. Awesome. Because I have, like, okay, guys, I can have a lot of notes. But I'm going to let him talk about that for a little bit. I'm going to give him some time to talk. Because I've just got my three notes that I want to talk about. <laughs> They're very short notes, but the sentences are so bad that I actually created a, a, a note color just for the badness. Okay? Mm. It's, his tongue might have shot daggers of ice, but the warmth that flooded my system was, could have melted the snowstorm out of our way. I am a writer. I write metaphors. 
wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's roll that motherfucker back down for a minute, okay? Let's just roll it back. And y'all, I know this is a, this is a like cussing episode, but it I has read to be. this book. It, I read this book. If you've ever read this book, you will know, and you will question why it has so many five stars around the freaking internet. Anyway, so I was like, okay, first of all, his tongue might have shot daggers of ice. Well, if he's like. Fucking her with his tongue, that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. That's not how anatomy works. Interesting superpower, though. Right. I mean, I, I guess that's one way to be an incubus or a succubus. <laughs> and it's like, but the warmth that flooded my system was could have melted the snowstorm out of our way. Just say you were horny. Right. Also, like, at one point she states, um, his abs trickled down the front of his body. And I'm like, like the villain at the end of Robocop? Is that what happened? <laughs> right? I was like, what do you mean it trickled? It didn't go anywhere. What are you talking... Anatomy 101, like... Mm. And then there's another scene where um, they're still at the motel. I think it's the, they're still at the motel. Mm. And she's like, I felt his cock... I felt his cock leaking against my leg <laughs> while he positioned himself at my entrance. He slowly slid in, his girth making me gasp while my pussy... Folds parted for him. That's not how sex works? Not really. Okay, first of all, if his cock is leaking, he needs to go to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, we know what she means, but she writes it so badly. Right, but the thing is, is like, it doesn't sound like pre-cum. No. It sounds <laughs> like it's literally leaking, like he's dribbling fucking pee water. Mm. And then he positioned himself at her entrance, and so her pussy folds parted for him. With his girth, but his girth on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> so confused. Yeah, she, apparently she has a number of hydraulic gates. <laughs> apparently. It's like the intro to a mystery science theater. It's like... And then, okay, I'm going to pull a heaving bosoms, bing boom bong moment, which if you guys haven't listened to the podcast, what the fuck for? You need to go listen to it now because they're very entertaining women. Go, go. But... STIs! Right? They don't have a single condom for these sex acts. Of course, they're both good people, so STIs don't happen to them. But if you're leaking... (laughs) (laughs) Did we learn nothing from the Usher debacle? If you're leaking, run! Right? Also, uh, one of my favorite phrasings in the book is, and I quote, I scooted into his arms, and he draped his long, muscular appendages around my body. And I, I noted, because we are humans, we have appendages. God, yes, it is very, like, dialecty. I'm just like, what do you mean you have appendages? Why didn't you just say his limbs? Just say his limbs. Your limbs are what goes around people. Oh, and another one from one of the sex scenes where he's like, all I wanted to do was take those beautiful handfuls in my palm and squeeze them till they burst. <laughs> Not how sex works. Yeah, no, you definitely don't combust your partner that is frowned upon. But then, like, the the last one that I wrote notes on, I found it when I was actually just, like, you know, scrolling through my notes. My swollen clit was peeking out from beneath its fleshy hood, searching for signs of what it was. And I literally wrote, is it alive? (laughs) Is it a cat? Is it a dog? Is it like a fucking rat? Like, what the hell? Hello, I'm the clitoris. Laugh me. 
Oh my god, I don't understand it. Make it stop. The sex scenes in this book were just so... Yeah, I have so many notes on those. Like, another quote. We both groaned at the movement. I felt a large waterfall of wetness drenched the front of my leg. Yeah, incontinence happens. <laughs> right? Like, oh my god. And then, like, he battles to go under the covers and, like, give her a head. And I'm just like, <sighs> okay. Also, like, th th that ties into this quote. A man who had that kind of passion in bed also had that kind of passion in other areas of his life. Citation needed? <laughs> yes. Like, with what? I don't understand. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, my God. This whole book just hurt my head. I didn't really... Guys, it's only like, what, 60 pages or something? I think maybe 100 pages, whatever. It's very short for me. It's a book that I could read in probably about three hours. It took me about five days. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I found a quote again where they indicated podcasts have video. Yeah. I think he was talking about his competitor. He's creating his own podcast materials. Everything from professional cameras and microphones to green screens and lights. And my old note just says, um... <laughs> like, what the fuck does yours look like then, billionaire? <laughs> and even follow-up, he's like, I don't like cameras at all. She's like, so no podcasts from you? And I'm like, um... <laughs> no, no YouTube for me. Podcasting is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make a podcast with a video, but it's not the standard way to do it. Right, like that's a vlog, not a hmm. podcast. Also, ah... Uh, this book const constantly, consistently uses the term Grinch to refer to somebody uh, who doesn't like Christmas as something that people actually say in real life. Yeah. Who, who does that? That's literally something you never see outside of tabloids. Okay, and let's, let's go back a little bit for a minute because I just remember something. So, he's Colin Murphy, the CEO of Murphy Inc., right? Which, mm -hmm. uh, again, I think it's fucking LinkedIn meets, like, Angel investors. I don't know. Anyway. Whatever. So, apparently, this woman lives in L.A., the same place that he does his business. She doesn't know who he is, but her mm. mother in bonefuck Minnesota does. Uh-huh. It seems like everyone in the world knows who he is, except for her. Which, it says things about her, I'm gonna say. I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But the thing is, is guys, she worked at a place that was like people.com. So this was not something that she that she wouldn't know about. I mean, if you mm. wrote, if you worked at fuckingpeople.com, and billionaires are in L.A. and there's like paparazzi and all that bullshit mm. going on, you're gonna know who he is. You're gonna know who Murphy Inc. is. It'd be like mm. not knowing who like Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Darcy the dickhead. I don't know. Darcy, Dorsey, I think. Fuck, yeah. Whatever the fuck that goddamn Nazi guy's name is. Yeah. Anyway, we all know. Mm hmm So, I mean, like, the people in the fucking car rental place knew who he was. But the woman that did her job doing profiles and writing and editing and doing all this major work had no idea who the one of the mm -hmm. richest people in her area was. Also, as a side note, it is noted that Part of her tragic uh, backstory is that she lost her job because she accidentally ran a story with something that wasn't true in it. 
And that just goes to confirm my uh, theory that this takes place in a parallel Earth, because which celebrity gossip site ever fired somebody over a story that is not necessarily true? Right. There's a whole, like, genre of shit. <laughs> There's, like, a whole genre of tabloids for that. <laughs> oh, my God. It hurt my soul. Honey, it hurt my fucking soul to read this book. I know what you feel like with that. Also, oh, uh, just in this side note, because I kept scrolling past my notes, at some point she gets back to her parents' place. And this stuck out to me because it's, uh, ugh. I threw my arms around my father. He smelled like cinnamon rolls and peppermint coffee. I inhaled his scent deeply. Like, ugh. P pl yeah, please stop sniffing yeah, your father. Yeah. But no, you know where she took that from, don't you? No. She took that from the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Oh, God. Remember remember when, like, um... I don't, I don't know, think I've seen that one. Well, I mean, it's a lot like the other one, but, like, it's like, you know, when they switch, and so the other one goes to London, and I think it's Haley. Haley takes the scent of her grandfather for the first time, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm making a memory or something. Huh, still. <sighs> I'm just like, what are you doing? You're, like, 20-something. You are not 12. Mm. Also, another note on her parents... Their name is Hollis. Like in Holly Lolly Holly Leverage. I was like, come on! You, you, don't, you can't possibly have that much nose to put everything on it. Not only is it Hollis, it's Hollis lives in Burnsville. So Holly lives in Burnsville. Mm. Oh, oh my god, this stupid book just made my brain hurt. Needless mm. to say, I'm never rereading this again. How mm. about you? I believe I can do without it. Oh, and just for, for the listeners to, to wrap up the plot, basically uh, the whole plot is this. They get in the car together, they drive, boom, 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 boom. They get snowed in in a dingy motel. Fuck, 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 fuck. More driving, confessing life stories, making each other open up, reiterating that a few times to pad for time. Then he goes to his charity event and makes a speech that would, in real life, 100% tank his stocks. And then he comes back to her parents' place and takes her to, to the hotel where, where they fuck one more time against the window, which I so desperately hoped would buckle and drop them both 40 stories down. God, yes. The, the, I had notes on the stupid last sex scene, and I was just like, oh, my God. But did you read Did you read the like notes afterwards? I don't think I did. Apparently this is a series between these two now. It should not be. There's a Valentine's Day book, too. I saw that, and I went, no. It only works if it becomes a true crime novel after <laughs> both of them. Oh my god. Oh, I, I have to go for another quote from the last sex scene. Yeah. I smiled, a chuckle falling effortlessly from my lips while my dripping thickness stood ready at her entrance. And I'm like, ringing the doorbell and pondering the service entrance. <laughs> right. Oh my god. This book. Will you ever read Lexi Thames again? <laughs> Not if I can help it. Look, this is just, I wrote, heavy note, just note, fuck note, okay? Mm-hmm. Also, um, we we're going to have to assume that, that this uh, writer is a woman because they call themselves Lexi Timms, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a pen name for a guy. I have no idea. I didn't look that far into the author. Hmm. I was just like, I can't, I can't, my brain will break. I can't know anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And Which, also, by the way, for people to realize, that's actually a big deal for me to give willingly give up research. Mm -hmm. The research queen. That should tell you something. The great editing in this book. He grinned and sit back in his chair. 
Oh, we're not going to talk about the grammar in this book. We're not going to talk about the mm-hmm. ending. We're not going to talk about the fact that this was like thrown up at the end of the. Oh no, we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about that. Another, another great phrasing here. I closed my eyes and sighed, just as another roaring sound occurred. Like I perceive it with my human ears. Oh God! It's like, guys, let's give you a let's give you a rundown to wrap up. The sex scenes in Ariel, which is called like what now that episode. Mm-hmm. I'd rather read those. Yep. The ones with nano fucking bots while they're fucking <laughs> is still more engaging than. Like the like, because he kept complaining about like the dusty smell of the of the blanket in the hotel or whatever. Mm. Oh my god, this was bad. This was very. Yeah. Also, like science fiction technology is infinitely more plausible than all of this. Yep. Oh, and for the record, any ringing you hear, that's cats. Run with it. Yeah. I'm trying to mm-hmm. find them homes, but in the meantime, they need to stay warm in the inside. By, by the way, I listeners. I may not have heat, but it's still something, yeah? Listeners, if, if you're in the uh, Metro Atlanta area and could give a good home to a great cat, do, do give her a ring. Yeah, let me know because I've got some. I've got a couple weeks to get out and I need to get rid of nine cats. Yeah. Before anybody thinks I'm a hoarder, it's because my former roommate died and her family never came and got her cats and I was already mm. fostering some cats. Mm-hmm. And then three of them are mine. So I yeah. have to find homes for them because I can take one cat. But honestly, with my job, I can't afford more than one right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like not making ends meet as it is. So I'd rather them go to a good home. Yeah. So if you know anybody, let me know. If you have contacts, you can catch me at Damsel's Podcast, which I'll do that whole thing later. But I'm just going to put mm-hmm. it out there. And you can also catch me at Jessica Hannon, which is H-A-N-N-A-N-81. Because that's my other Twitter account. That's my more, mm-hmm. you know profession not my mm. podcast one yeah. sometimes i forget that i have to and i just mm. post on damsels but i do actually have to yeah but it just, just that just as a digression in case somebody knows someone or something we digress well mm-hmm. okay so this is the end of this part of the episode i'm gonna mosey on to the back end of the conversation not abby's back end thankfully we never got that conversation wait no wait did we no, I don't. I don't think there was any backend stuff. This book was way too conservative for that. Like they, they made sure to mention that the charity study contributes to is uh, wounded warriors and UNICEF just to appeal to both sides of the aisle there, because this yeah. book is that kind of cynical. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I read enough romance, and again, mm. I usually don't discuss the romance, but mm-hmm. Poor the- Abby had like no characterization. Colin the dickhead had all of it. Author didn't give it up very well. Um, so it's in first person, but it's in two different points of view. Yep. Which is hella confusing. Um, and according to this, Lexi Timms is a USA Today best-selling author. Citation still needed. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so here's our rundown. Abby sucks, Colin sucks. Colin sucks way worse than Abby. The sex was how and <laughs> what. And why, would we, above all. <laughs> would we read it again? No fucking no. Would we read the author again? Hell goddamn fucking no. This is our holiday special to you. It's the hate read episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. We tried to give you a good happy one. 
It didn't turn out that way. I do hope it turned out entertaining, though. Hopefully. Because <laughs> this is me all mad. <laughs> this is what happens when the book nerd gets book nerding. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I will see you next time. We've got some more books to read. I'm going to try and put some Patreon episodes up in the next couple of week or so. Well, actually, I'll record them. He's been editing them because I haven't had time working retail during the holidays. Not that I've had the hours, just the hours have been really fucking strange. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to have him edit them and we're going to record them in the next couple of days. We've got at least like one short story he can read or he can finish reading up that one book, that one book about the house. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell him bye. Bye, everyone. Careful when you drive home for Christmas. Don't pick anyone up. <laughs> Especially if they're in a really high-end car. <laughs> Hallmark is not the truth. Hallmark lies, 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 lies. Okay. The Hallmark. <laughs> Bye, honey. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
May all your dreams of happiness be bright and merry and may you find the absolute joy of life during this time, not just the joy of other people's lives, but your own. Find a way to kind of self-care and if you don't have a lot of people, if you just need to do something, if you're feeling lonely, hit me up. If nothing else, I'll just drown you in gifts, right? And yes, I say gifts and no, I'm not going to debate that. So enjoy the holiday. I will see you one more episode for this holiday season because I'm going to do The Coyote's Comfort because God damn it, that's a good book and I am not forgetting that. And from my personal experience, Merry Christmas to whatever world that you think, feel, and space. I wish you a very Merry Christmas full of love. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.